Hi, this is Margaret Cho. You're listening to Monsters of Talk. I'm here with my co-host. I'm Jim Short. Now, Jim, what a day. Where do we even start? Where do we even start? I don't know where to start. I don't know where to start because, all right, we just got back. We had an incredible day. We just got back. Uh, well, for, well, the first we went, we went out, we went to go see a taping of Sullivan and Son, which was great. It was nice. It was my, good. A lot, uh, of good, lot of good mates and people we, there. A lot of our good friends, um, my old friend, uh, Jody Long, who used to play my mother on my television show, All American Girl, almost 20 years ago, wow. is playing Steve Burns' mother on a, a Korean-American television show, Korean-American family show. And um, the, the show is great. And so we were there. But the whole time, I couldn't really... Um, I couldn't really watch, I, I, I really enjoyed the show, but I couldn't really, because we had something else to do also, because we went after that, we went over the hill to the El Rey to watch, who were we going to see? We went to go see, you say it, you have to say it. We went to go see Billy Bragg. Oh God. Okay, so we get there, it's, it's 4.45, and we get to the front of the El Rey Theater in Los Angeles. And we're standing out on the street corner. I could hear them playing. What's that sound? Where is it coming from? All around. <laughs> it's what are you running from? Of, yeah, it's the sound of uh, ideology clashing. <laughs> That's what they were playing, ideology. Yeah. And I could hear it. And I put my hand, I tried every door. I went from uh, right to left. I went to, tried every door. The last door worked from farther to the right. You tried every door. It, it was almost like Wayne Brady was there. Like, which door <laughs> do you want? Let's make a deal. Yeah. And you just, and then you finally tapped on the door. Tapped on the door. And then there was a guy there. There's a hipster texting. There's always a hipster <laughs> texting. Like, if you want to, if you want to go to, this is me. I'm like an old groupie. So I always know how to get in. To like a rock show during the sound check. Right. The, and if you like try every door and you put your face in the window, there's always a hipster texting right oh. inside. Just inside. There's, and then they always look up from their hoodie. <laughs> they look up, their beard and hoodie all go up at once. And you go, dude, dude, dude. And they'll let you in because they don't know. They don't know. They don't know who's in the band and who's not. They got to get back to the next text. Yeah. They're texting with, yeah. you, know, you know, with some other dude. It's not, they're not talking to a girl. No, 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 no. They're talking to another, somebody else about beard maintenance. <laughs> about hood, hoodiness. About the hood, about the, uh, the um, I don't know, the fluffiness how, how, of the hood. How many inches should I roll up my, my, my skinny trousers? How many, how many rolls is cool for me to do? How skinny is too skinny? Exactly. And how low should the pockets be on oh. my thighs? Oh. You know what I'm talking about? When the hipsters mm -hmm. wear... Their the pockets are like almost on the back of their knees. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And I'm like, what kind of ass is that? <laughs> what kind of hipster ass is do you? You know you. <laughs> it's a just it's it's very slim lined. So, so who are these hipsters? Where do they do they eat anything? No, I don't think they do. I think they just text. Mm -hmm. They just te they just text like pictures of food. They pictures of to food. each other. <laughs> That's why when you go, why do people keep putting pictures of their food online? It's for the it's for the hipsters' nourishment. Yeah, because that's that's the only food they come near. Because <laughs> they're not eating. They're it. not eating it, but at least they're looking at it, and yeah. that gives them that little bit. Yeah. Of um of um, of nourishment to continue texting, <laughs> texting. <laughs> and going. Oh shit! Let me open the door real quick because some asshole wants to get in. They want to get in. Well, we walked in because they were playing Billy Bragg. Our 
wonderful now friend. Billy He's a mate. Bragg. He's a mate. He's a mate. So we went back. I, I walked in the door. I knew that you were behind me. And I could see Billy Bragg and the band on stage. And I walked in and I was I started talking to one hipster and I was like, is that Jason? You, Jason, we were looking for tour manager, Jason. You went to it. You went down to the office. I was sent in to speak to Jason. Yeah. And I said, hi, Jason. I'm Jim Short. I'm here with Margaret Cho. Mm-hmm. And we're here to do the podcast. And he looked at me and he went, I don't know anything about that. And my world started to crash. Like, oh, no. Oh, no. We've been. Oh, no. We've been. We've, somebody said, yeah, Billy will do the podcast. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> But nobody's said it beyond no, that. But no. we have all the email confirmations. Yeah. This is rock solid. Rock solid. And then and then somebody says, he's the wrong Jason. And I'm like, I'm, 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 apparently there's many Jason. I was yeah. Jason adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> so we found the right Jason. We found who, the right Jason. And he was the right Jason because he was English. So he was a, he was a, he was a real right Jason. Yeah. <laughs> He was, was a right, a right Jason, he, he was. He was a right Jason, he And a was. good bloke. Jason was a good bloke. Oh, he was a good bloke. I know that bloke. I know that bloke. And then, so like we, he he was like saying, he came out to us and he said that, um, right, Billy is going, they're just going to do a couple more songs and uh, we could go straight up to the dressing room and we could set yeah. up. And, and if, so then I sat down in a chair because I had to sit down or else I was going to fucking fall down <laughs> because Billy Bragg was playing. There's nobody in that room. Billy was playing to us. To well, us. For us, at least. Not to us, but for us. We were for the him only and for us. there in that room, except for that hipster texting, that other false Jason. False Jason. And then the who, true who was Jason. a good bloke, by yeah, the way. Yeah, good bloke. Good He's bloke, fine. By, by the way, but fine. just taken aback. Like, yeah. what? Well, I've nobody cleared a podcast. I managed this, this building. Yeah. Nobody podcast with he me. Didn't, he didn't know. He didn't know. But then we, so we, um, we sat there and we watched the, the sound check. And they finished ideology, and then they went into beautiful, beautiful, beautiful Tank Park salute, which is really that song. I ha- it's hard for me to pick a favorite Billy Bragg song. Do you it have? Is. Do you have a favorite? No, we talked about this. It's so hard because I go, oh, I like this one, I like that one. I'll tell you straight up. Love new. I love uh, greetings and new brunette. Yeah, yeah, Accident yeah. going to happen. New England. Yeah, can keep going and going and going and going. And There's going so and going. many. And, you know, and on the new record, Tooth and Nail, there's so many beautiful songs. They're all beautiful. They're all great. And I love uh, Nobody Knows Anything. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nobody Knows Nothing Nobody anymore. Knows Nothing. Yeah. He had a very funny riff about that. But the, so, but we went, so he was so, we went backstage, you know, at, after the sound check. He, yeah, well, we can set up here. Come on up. You know, and they brought us up. to the up. dressing room. So yeah. we, we go around those, st- they're almost like those stairs you see in a submarine. Yeah, yeah, totally. Where you sort of walk up and it's sort of like really narrow and steep. Yeah. And you're like, oh, okay, whatever. And we walked up to the stage. Yeah. And, we were, and we're now on the backstage. And mm. who is there but the man himself? Billy Bragg. With the most welcoming, please come up here. Yeah. Come talk to me. Yeah. Manner of, of people I've known and I'm friends with don't greet me that well. Yeah, so warm. So warm. It's and almost kind. like the only greeting I get better than that is your dogs when I oh. when I when when I'm outside your house and the door opens and they run out they run out like Billy Bragg like come on <laughs> mate come on in great you want a beer jump in that's what your dogs do to me that's what they love you that was it they love me and, and Billy, Billy Bragg, Bragg loved us he loved us from the moment well I mean you know he, or at least that was the appearance he was so welcoming and, and, so and amazing welcoming. and what was great is uh, in the sound check. 
all the all the the, the techies were back there, and every everything was that sounds lovely. That yeah. sounds lovely. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah. And there's nothing better than that sounds lovely. Oh, that sounds lovely. Oh, that's lovely. <laughs> oh, that's lovely. But they all have, you know, what they have uh, that accent that's like, you know, twenty miles outside of London. Yeah. So it's barking, it's woking, it's Surrey. Yeah. It's like that whole area. So to me, it's very m- melodic and s- sort of like, s- like similar to the accents that of friends that I have. Yeah. You know, because those the guys that I know are all from there. Like my tour manager in England is from Woking. Okay. And so, like, it's like very, you know, to me, it's a very like that. That area is really, I don't know, that accent is very particular. Yeah. It's kind of working class, but it's also, um, you know, it's those are the the real blokes. Yes. You know, and um, so we go in there, and then you start, you're setting up, and then I'm fucking. This is me, like standing. Just like a like a to- nutcracker or a toy soldier, <laughs> standing just in the middle of the room, not knowing what to do. And some of the band is still in there, yeah. And everyone, and they're like offering us tea. They're, wait- they're, they're waiting for the electric kettle to boil, yeah. And um, there's a bit of hubbub around that, mm-hmm. and um, and Billy's there chatting, whatever. And I start to try and set up the the equipment, and I'm shaking because mm-hmm. I'm in the presence of a hero. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um and you yeah you were standing over there. I was standing there, just standing like a f- um, fucking idiot, like just in the middle of the room. Like I couldn't <laughs> fucking go to the wall or something. Like I should have gone to a wall. Right, right. But I just was standing there. So I looked so uncomfortable. And then Billy go finally goes, Margaret, won't we sit down here? Just sit down. Sorry, I just want, um uh, so all these guys will be out here in a second. Just want to sit down. So I sat down. And then I proceeded to tell him that how many times I've seen him, like so many times, and yeah. for over, you know since like 1984, you know for years and years and years, so many different times, and how huge fans we are. And then um, I was physically sick. I was so scared, <laughs> but also I was inappropriately close to him. You were so right up next to him. Yeah, you were so, I looked over and you were like right next to him, and you were just like staring at him. Like, it was just that look of adoration. I love him so much. And it was amazing. It was amazing. And I'm trying to set everything up, but I wanted to snap some pictures because it was so great. And then he just starts sort of just talking to us about stuff, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just chatting about everything. Mm -hmm. And it's sort of like it. it, he just talked to us like, you know, mates. Yeah. He was trying to break the ice. Yeah. Because I was so scared. I didn't know what to do with myself. Right. I was so petrified that, I mean, and that's really rare for me to be so startled by fame, somebody's fame, not necessarily like happened to me ever. Like I Mm -hmm. don't, I don't really get speechless around people, Right. but he really takes my breath away. You, yeah. You met someone that actually means something to you. Yeah. And it's a huge thing. Like it's like never, that never happens. That's like a really rare thing. Right. So I was sitting there and I was just thinking, I'm fucking sitting here with Billy Bragg. <laughs> I'm fucking sitting here with him. And my mouth got real dry and I felt really sick and I felt really scared. And I was like, I don't know what to say. But he broke the ice. He kept talking and he was so warm. And then you guys started, how did the jabber walk? Well, I had a gift for Billy, mm-hmm. which I presented to him from us. Mm-hmm. Monsters of Talk. We uh, we have gift bags for everyone. We do. We do have gift well, bags. Sometimes. Sometimes. We do know we have sometimes gift bags. Sometimes it's dinner. 
Yeah, no, no, or no. It's there's really lunch. Great. Yeah, there's something. There's, but with Billy, I, I had I'd bought many years ago a collection of these like um, metal badges. They were star shaped, and they were for promotional use from the uh, the the release of the Clash album Sandinista from 1980. And they were authentically old ones because they had a, cl- a round kind of weird clasp on the back that the pin goes into, like that they just don't make anymore. Mm-hmm. because they're so like old timey and they don't really work. Mm-hmm. And I had one of them and it was red and it had Clash written on it. And if you look at old pictures of the Clash from that time period, they all wear them. Mick mm-hmm. Jones, Paul Simon and Joe Strummer all have these star badges. Yeah. They're like a little star. They're like really cool looking. It's just a star. And I had one of them and it was red for Billy, the Red Star Army, which was his band from 1991 with the don't mm-hmm. try this at home album right yeah, yeah 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 and i presented that to billy and he seemed really really thrilled about that it was so that really was our gift to gift. him it was a beautiful gift it was so considerate and so thoughtful of you to do that and to bring that for him and then so you handed it over to him and he was really excited about it he started trying to pin it on and then i said i'll do it <laughs> and then i started pinning on my hands fucking shaking <laughs> And this is like an old school pin where it's got that weird clasp that has yeah. kind of a turn. It's kind of looks like it looks like the um, when you had a forty five record and then you had to put like the thing in the middle right. to make it you know fit on the turntable. Yeah. And that's the kind of thing that has to clasp the pin in. And I didn't want to, uh, uh, you know, lance him no. with the pin. So I repeatedly pricked myself right in the fingers just to make sure that I wasn't going to make him suffer <laughs> which is the stupidest thing and it hurts so bad because really there's a lot of nerve endings in your fingers right so I was really hurting but at the same time I was suffering because I didn't want him to suffer so it was worth it yes but I finally got it on you got it on him I got it on you, him and I looked over and I wanted I so wanted to take a picture because you were pinning Billy Bragg I was pinning him I was pinning something on him but my hands were shaking <laughs> I was shaking I was like sweating so hard. I was freaking out. And then, you know what it was in me? It was like the child in me. It was the child, like 15, 16 year old girls seeing him and like loving his music. And that was like the me that was there at the show tonight. Yeah. And the me that was watching him and the me that talked to him and the me that was in that room talking to him. Right. Is that actually like the 44 year old went away and the 15 year old came in. Right. And it was really, for me, it was like that, that, that child in me never appears. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen that kid for a long time. <laughs> I know, right? It's like, it's like what milk carton yeah. is that, is that kid on? It was on the milkman of the human mil- kindness's <laughs> milk carton, wasn't it? Exactly. <laughs> and that was the, because you told him, you said, uh, when you first saw him, um, at the Stone, was that the, the Stone, club? The Stone in, in San Francisco? It was on, on Broadway. Broadway, and you said he walked in. He walked in. He walked while, in. while you were sort of standing there. Yeah, and stood stood next to you, and you said he smiled at you for a moment. Yeah, I like turned and I, I look, look, and then he turned to me and he smiled, and then he kind of went, "Oh, I gotta go on." Like he kind of realized he had to and go then he backstage. Had to go up on stage. Yeah, he had to go do the. Oh, I gotta go to work. Yeah, but it was like so. I remember that, and I thought. I'm a grown up now. Yeah. Like I thought, oh my God, I'm a woman. I'm actually like, this guy like smiled at me. This is a rock star. Right. Like smiled at me. And I thought, I, I'm no longer a child. And it was like, it, it felt so, so, it would that, you know, that was enough. That, I think mm-hmm. that's when I really switched over. Right. You know, that's when I became a woman. And, that was it. Mm-hmm. But we, we sat, then, you know, we sat down and we talked to him 
and we talked about so many things. He's so funny. He started to bring up Elvis. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure what what prompted that, mm-hmm. but he was talking about his favorite. People always talk. Musicians always talk about their favorite Elvis. Mm-hmm. Young um, rockabilly Elvis, old Vegas Elvis. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever. And his favorite Elvis was, he said, political Elvis. Yeah. And do yeah. you remember what he said about that? It was it was during 1968. And it was after the assassination of Martin Luther King. And part of the sadness about it was that it had happened in Memphis. And that was what really hurt Elvis, is that he was so heartbroken that Martin Luther King died in Memphis. And that he was trying to find a way to um, make it up, you know, somehow, if he could, as an emissary of Memphis. So he had, um, he, he had done the song, which I had never heard that song. Mm-hmm. You knew that song. Yeah. And what's it called? That's it's called "If I Can Dream." And and they, well, he wanted something that would sort of bridge that racial divide within yeah. the country, mm-hmm. and sort of in that sadness. And it was on the '68 comeback special. You know, the one mm-hmm. where he's all in leather. Yeah, I that love was that. his first like get back to rock and roll after yeah. being out of the army. And he'd made the movies, but mm-hmm. this was his like, holy shit, Elvis still rocks out, right? right. And that segment was taped. Um, it's it's the one where they got the big, the huge letters that mm-hmm. light up that say Elvis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's in a white suit. Mm-hmm. And he sings the song, If I Can Dream, If I Can Dream. And it's all about sort of a, a you know, a very, a very um, much more sort of optimistic mm-hmm. um, racial, uh, uh, I guess, scenario and everything right. like that. But, you know, just, but touching on all that stuff and very emotional. It's an amazingly great song. Yeah. And Billy, what, got out his phone? Yeah, he played it for us. And started to play it. He played it for us so that we could hear it. And it's a beautiful song. And then it it was really like he wanted to share this. And then, you know, you you got you you guys were talking about Graceland. Yes. And um Oh and uh and and see if if you go to if you go to Memphis, it's great to see Graceland. Mm-hmm. But but something really fantastic is go go to Sun Studios mm-hmm. where Elvis's first recordings were and Johnny Cash yeah. and Jerry Lee Lewis and all yeah. those people. It is an amazing place. Yeah, it's a just an and it's it's a tiny, tiny space and a revolution happened in that front room. Mm-hmm. That's what's amazing about it. Mm-hmm. Or in that studio there, exactly. There's a little ante room and then you, and you go into the studio. Is it like a museum now? It's still a recording studio, but you can take tours there. Oh, that's and incredible. I, and I, I even told this to Billy, but some, some people told me that um, when Bob Dylan visited, he got down on his on, on, onto the floor and kissed the floor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because that's what it that's what it needed. Mm-hmm. A kiss from Bob Dylan. <laughs> because that was what it meant to him. Yeah. You know, that's where everything that's where you know, that that um, you know, I mean rock and roll has many other roots as well, but what came out of that studio was so amazing. So amazing. And it really kicked off that whole that whole revolution. Yeah, really, it's so that went around the world. Mm-hmm. And then we are there we are talking with Billy and I think we were really bonding and like chatting and it was re- yeah. it became really natural and nice. It was so natural and nice and you'll be able to hear all this um or you know it's a, if you haven't heard it yet that'll probably be on before we do this um uh we had a long interview with Billy Bragg and you know we weren't sure how much time we were going to spend with him but we actually ended up doing an entire podcast and talking with him and he was so funny and so I just so charming so so re- just just decent yeah good bloke and but that's the thing that I I said to him as as that you know because we love his songs and we love his music his activism his political songs we love his love songs 
But what people, I don't know if people know necessarily just how funny he is. I mean, there's yeah. a lot of humor in the lyrics, but if you see so him live, funny. he is so funny on stage. He's got great stories and banter and, and just, and just like, you know, just, he's just got all these, he, and he was talking to us about some of his riffs mm -hmm. and everything. And it was just so, it was like comics sitting yeah. there talking. We had a lot of laughs. And that to me is like, because that's why I even said to him that I know he's got this great sense of humor, but then he's also so, he's everywhere. Because I've been YouTubing a little bit and looking at some of his stuff. And there's this video of him at, at like, you know, the, the every strike. In, yeah. in Britain, Billy Bragg is there. Mm -hmm. At every student's sit-in, at every Occupy thing, Billy, yeah. he's like, he's like activism Superman. <laughs> like he's just, he's just, we, we, we need Billy Bragg, you know, get yeah. in here, right? And he just flies shine in. shine that red star in the sky. Exactly. Just, it's up there. It <laughs> red star, right he down. just gets in. But he's there. But what, but what I was brought up with him too is just like, even though he's got a great sense of humor, I just don't picture him doing anything frivolous. Right. Like, even just watching TV. Can you imagine Billy Bragg? Like, what if it came out that Billy Bragg watched The Kardashians? <laughs> Wouldn't that be like, you're like, fucking what? Like, yeah, Yeah, so like, funny. he was totally into it. And he's like, and he just starts talking all yeah. about it. Yeah, Or if, um, like, I wanted to ask him if he watched Downton Abbey. Oh, my God, that would be a good Wouldn't question. Wouldn't that be, but that would be the struggle for Billy, right? Like, he'd be watching it. He'd be shouting at it like a like a horror movie. Yeah. Like, you don't yeah. have to take that kind of abuse <laughs> in the kitchen. Your time is coming, brothers and sisters. This what this feudal system won't be around much longer. Daisy, don't let Thomas treat you like that. <laughs> He's just the same as you. You're all equal <laughs> down there. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that's right. You know, I wonder if he does. Is he, you know, he's so mythical. Like Billy Bragg is so mythical. It's hard to think about him in, involved in the ordinary. That, but that's it. That's it. That's the whole thing to me about it. It's just, I, I just don't see him doing anything wasteful and no. frivolous and and it's you know true. it's like it's true i just don't see him doing that you not know? at all not at all and that that's like i mean it's it's so funny because i'm sure that's we have to talk to him next time Nate, right. you know, when we talk we have to ask him about all those things but he has a great laugh mm -hmm. and, and you know I, I know that they tweeted out that they went to a baseball game when they were in phoenix so he, yeah. i know he does stuff he probably goes to football games yeah over in, in england yeah and he plays music and whatever mm -hmm. and he's i'm sure he's got this full life but to me i just i just don't see him doing anything that's like so ridiculous like that you know that is in our lives or, mm -hmm. or other people's lives things that is that you just are so boring not boring but just banal and kind of like mm. just I, I mean i figure everything he does has purpose <laughs> it's true well you know and but it's also like i've i i also like realized the parallel of our lives with him mm -hmm. you know having listening to him for all this time yeah. and then like when he was talking about his son is 19 and i'm like dude i fucking remember when his son was born i know right and i was like i can't believe he's 19 and i can't you know i don't know billy Bragg, so i can't say like oh i can't believe he's grown up right that, because it's like that you know that's sort of like it, you know because he doesn't know me but it, it's more that we know so much about him and his life and i, I totally remember right. when his son was born and and i remember him talking about it on stage and yeah and how it changed him so much and mm -hmm. and that the fact that his kid is 19 now is like so like i'm like <laughs> like what what happened oh. to, to all that time? But, you know, that time was spent listening to him, listening to his music while we're on the road, yeah. driving across the country, you know, with a cassette tape of Worker's Playtime. Right. Or Don't Try This at Home. 
or, you know, even I'm talking to the tax man about poetry. Right. You know, any of those, like all, all of those records were just William Bloke, mm-hmm. you know, the Merman Avenue stuff. Right. I mean, there's so many different phases of him. There's everything, yeah. And then the early ones, the real strident sort of just him and the guitar ones. Yeah. Which yeah. was was just it, there's just so much, and he just means so much. And then, and that's the thing, you know. You always hear, "Don't meet your heroes, don't meet your icons," right. and maybe that's true in some cases. But I mean, we were really sort of nervous going in there. Yeah, I was. I've been nervous for two days. Like I haven't been able to eat <laughs> or sleep. That's why now, and now I'm like so tired because I can't. I haven't slept for really for two days because I've been nervous about this. I put on socks. They were so tight that's right that i i couldn't feel one of my legs or the bottom of my bottom of my foot and i just had to negotiate with my foot to like keep walking right right you know you were having some real footwear issues <laughs> it hurt at, at at the studio at the studio I, I i it really hurt and i was like i gotta fucking be in these all day i'm gonna be in these heels until 11 o'clock you know it's like about 11 hours or 12 hours. So it was like really like I was I was nervous about it. But everything came together. And we went to the, you know, we went to the, did the interview. It was amazing. It was so, it was, we knew it was going to be cool. We knew he was a cool bloke. Yeah. I mean, there's no way you're going to get there in Billy Bragg's a tosser. No, no. But he was, he was, it was, imagine the greatest, you know, experience ever and then make it even better. Yeah. Because he was so cool. And he and we, we made him laugh. Yeah. We he 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 we gave him some funny like you know just ideas. So and we great. just had a, we just com, we just really I feel like we bonded and communicated with yeah. him. And there was no pretense of like who are you guys trying to talk to me? It yeah. was just no. It was just it was just like it was like talking to an old mate. I know, and that's that's what he is because he is somebody that is a friend in our music that we've been listening to. Like music for me is my friend. Right. Like music for me is such a comfort, and I don't have. I don't know. I don't have the ability or time to, or like strength or energy to go to rock shows anymore. And I'm really missing out. Yeah. Because I am a fucking real fan of music. Yeah. And like I, yeah. I, if I go to a rock show and there's somebody I love like that, I fucking sing the songs. Mm-hmm. I sing them fucking really loud. <laughs> I cry. Like I especially brought tissues to cry to Tank Park Salute. Yes. Or, you know, there, there's a number of songs that would make me that cry. That could have, but that's the one that he actually played. And yeah. there were tears. Tears. It's because, it, first off, and it's got that lovely piano mm-hmm. sort of, uh, that piano uh, figure in it. And the song is just so plaintive and so. Yeah, that's it, plaintive. It's so sad. I mean, I, that's one I remember when I got that CD back in 1991. You know, that go, that song is beautiful. Yeah. But poignant. Yeah. And it's sad. And just you think about the subject matter of it, and which is basically about your dad, right? Yeah. You it's know? His, well, it's his father's dad. Yeah. So he lost his father very young. He lost his father, I think it was like 18, 19. Yeah. So that, that's been, I think, the, the wound that he's right. carried around, you know. And, and in a sense, I feel because he lost his father so young, that's why he becomes everybody's father. Yeah. You know, that he is a very fatherly kind of guy because he's had to create that within himself, for himself. He's had to father himself, and through that, he actually fathered a nation. He fathered England, a generation of blokes. Right. And over here, all over the world. Yeah. I think Australia wants to claim him as their own, too. Yeah, well, he's ours now. Yeah. He's ours. Yeah. And that song tonight, just I think there was tears all over. Oh, God. And then these fucking idiots were talking. 
having a, having a conversation, a loud chat about Christ knows uh, what. Who knows? That was not even important. No. And uh, I just, I don't know. I don't know what. Whoever you were, don't listen anymore. Yeah. We don't. We don't want you. Yeah. Just shut the fuck up. Or, or <laughs> I mean, I. But but you know the thing is, is that I wanted to say shut the fuck up, but I was crying. And then also, it takes it, you out of that moment. It takes you out of the moment because being mad at somebody. So I just didn't want to be mad. So, but I was like, you know, and that that song, it's it's about his father's death and about the funeral and about it, the most plaintive, nakedly honest mm-hmm. song about needing your dad. Yeah, you know, and I'm such a daddy's girl. Right. So that song, right? Fucking, because I'm like, I can't even, I. You know, like as I get older, like I know, like my dad, it's like, it's like my dad is like the the, the finality of time and the, the inevitability of time right. is so awful. And then that song every year gets even more and more scary yeah. and beautiful yeah. and sad. And I think it makes me cry way more than it did when I was younger. Now that song will just reduce me. To tears, like Absolutely. I mean, totally crying thinking about it, because it's like you know, like it's like I cannot, I cannot even imagine the pain that a kid would have to go through losing their dad. Yeah, you know, but the way that he puts the poetry of that song to that sad, sad, sad music, right? You know, and and you you know those kinds of things where you do like you. I remember being like a little girl and asking my daddy for things like, "Well, why? Well, why? Well, mm-hmm. why? Well, why?" And it's stupid and annoying kid shit. <laughs> yeah. But you know that's got to be such a joy for a parent to be able to explain why. You know, and that and that you know that's like so. I don't know. That's why I think that song is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And also, like it, it's also scary. Yeah. You know, and that that, and I felt like he was crying when he was singing it. Yeah, yeah, it's got to be emotional to him. Because mm-hmm. he's so there, mm-hmm. he's such an actor. He's why, well, yeah, yeah, and there's such an honesty and authenticity about him too so that I bet it moves him every night. It feels like it, and that's why after the show, we 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 chatted with him a bit afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I, what it's funny what he said is what I say sometimes about being on stage. He says, I want to be up there because we were talking about, again, about his, his, his onstage sort of speech and, and things he talks about and how funny it was. And, how, and, and it, oh, he also has a lot, some good, good political speech as well. Mm-hmm. But he says, I want to speak to the audience like I'm talking to you guys right now. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. chatting. And that's what I've told people mm-hmm. about. I want it to be like well, you, you and I are just having a chat. That's what it should be when you're on stage. You're not talking Absolutely. at people. I'm talking with you. Yeah, it has to be um, like that. And it's just so funny that he said that. And I think, well, I've said that myself, you know, yeah. but that's but that's that intimacy and that rapport. And he has it because it's he, he just feels like, he, he's like, that's what it is. It's like you, that bloke, that your mate just up there talking to you. Yeah. It's just, it, there's a whole bunch of us right now. And he was so, it was just, it was just, he was just so like, just a good bloke. Such a good bloke. But the, what else did he sing? Okay, The Milkman of Human Kindness, which to me is such a beautiful song. Right. Because it's really the, I think it it does bring it to all, him to ground zero. That's like my Billy Bragg ground zero. Yeah. It, you know, people think of it as a New England, but actually it really is Milkman of Human Kindness. Because A New England is a great, beautiful song and I love it so much. But in a sense, it's almost like a novelty song because he's not 21. No. He's not 22. 
No, no, he's not. I'm not 21 when he wrote this song. He was 21, but he's not 22, <laughs> and he's not been for long. <laughs> for a lo- he's for a really long, long not been for long. Yeah. So in, in a sense, it's almost like such a. I mean, it's a beautiful like ode to youth or poem yeah. to his own youth. But but you know, milkman of human kindness. That song is like that's his heart. Yeah, that's the kind yeah. of guy he is. Like I, and you know. You know, if you were poorly, I would send poetry. I know. It's like, because you need some poetry. That's what he's there for. He's the milkman of human kindness. It's a- he will leave an extra. And he let, I, will, I love that he let everybody else sing, I am the milkman of human kindness. Yeah. I will leave an extra pint. But he'd get to the mic and he'd go, t- t-. he'd add the t to your pint. <laughs> In case you left off the tea, Billy had the tea. T- he, he's the milkman of human kindness. And, and he... He's going to give you even like the, the consonants right. that you need. <laughs> okay. You know, he is like, but that song is so important because that's the first time that punk rock said, I care about you. Right. right. Like punk rock had a heart. Yeah. It, instead of spitting, mm-hmm. it was like giving you a flower. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was a, like a nice shower. It was a, if your bed is wet. I would dry your tears. <laughs> and I was struggling when I was talking to him not to do an impression of him to him. Right. Which is the stupidest thing that I can. But the, I, the, it's not like I'm trying to like do a, an impression. It's because I love him. Right. And that's what I, you know, like I'm singing it. Like, you know, I'm like in the fucking sit, like sitting there and the fucking, you know, watching him and singing it. Like it's so, I, I love those songs so yeah. much. Yeah, they mean so much. What was else? What else did he sing that was like? He did a lot of brand new songs yeah. off his great album, so Tooth, great. And, Tooth Nail. and Nail, which everybody should go get. It's really phenomenal. And um, he did, but he also did like songs that I had not heard him do live, and um, that were kind of like a surprise. That was like, oh, like a space space race is over. Yeah, which is really that's pretty rare mm-hmm. live. That's actually kind of like, oh my god, that what? Yeah. You know, that that's like, I can't believe you didn't, you, you didn't, you know, you just played that one. Like, ah, right. so great. That's a beautiful, beautiful mm-hmm. song. Um, so many things. Played a lot of the Woody Guffrey. Yeah. Um, uh, Mermaid Avenue ones. Yeah, yeah. And um, and it was just this great mix of stuff, you know, because we were talking like, what's he going to play? He has so many albums now. There's and so, so many, many amazing albums. songs. There's so many albums and there's so much like, I mean, there's so many different styles and mm-hmm. kinds of like way that he has been. Right. You know, and that, that what was so satisfying too is after we go up backstage. I always love going backstage after a show. I, I really, yeah. you know, this to me is like, this is like my fucking like, uh, like a, my hobby you know some people i don't know they do like zumba or like they do like um you know bird watching or they do like whatever they do you know like they'll make pottery at culinary mine or you know they have the thing that they do the golf right you know whatever or they're a chef you know or they're a mixologist or they make their own beer or right. i like to fucking go backstage at a rock show right on because i feel like i like i'm so i walk around backstage and walk, i act like fucking like i own the place like i always like feel like you know, I always love like like having all my purse on my arm and like getting really like you know close and looking at everybody, trying to hide in my hair, <laughs> and then I go backstage. That's like a total like ex groupie right. thing. Like you're just like gonna hide in your hair, and I'm just gonna like hold your your wristband up so that everybody sees that you're just you're just going backstage. 
<laughs> it's like, okay, you guys, like, I'm going to be back. I'm just going to go backstage. I don't know, like, how long I'm going to be. So maybe you could go without me. I'll meet you guys there. I'm not sure. I have to see what the band wants to do. So, like, I have to see. So see you guys later. But, like, so we go backstage. We talk to all the guys in the band. You recognize the drummer. Luke Bullen, who had played with Joe Strummer and the Mescaleros. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was really nice to chat with him for a minute. Yeah. Because I'd seen a couple of the gigs he'd done with the great Joe Strummer. Mm-hmm. And, Which uh, is a hugely, that what an honor. I, I, I never saw, saw The Clash. Right. I never got to see The Clash. So it's like I feel like I missed out on mm-hmm. huge... I never saw them, but I saw Mick Jones yeah. with Big Audio. You saw elements too. of the Clash. I saw parts of the Clash. Yeah, and um, and uh, the, yeah, and and they were always cool. Yeah, yeah. They were all like, you know, come backstage sort of thing, you know. Oh, and, fuck. And that's that's the thing about that's what you appreciate, you know. I fucking, I mean, uh, the closest I came to that, my uh, friend, well, my friend Dick Rude. Yes. He um worked a lot with Joe Strummer, and then mm-hmm. he was with their family when Joe died. Oh really? And so he 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 helped um you know kind of put everything together. He was like you know really part of that. Yeah. It was really tough. Um so I know him. So that's kind of one degree of separation. He's a great guy. Mm. And I also know uh Pearl from Pearl Harbor and the oh, Explosions right. who was married to Paul Simon. Exactly, yeah. So uh, I have little known better than Kevin Bacon. Yes. <laughs> not 6 degrees, <laughs> 1 degree of separation from yes. the clash. So not too bad. But then like um you know I never saw them so I feel like I missed out a lot. But we saw Billy Bragg We tonight. saw Billy Bragg. But we went backstage, and we were back there. We were talking to Billy Bragg. He was so nice again, like just so kind to us again. Um, we got a uh, a couple uh, whatever the the um, set lists. We got two set lists. We got the set list. He signed yeah, one. one of them signed yes. And um, and then Wayne Kramer, MC Five, came back there too. So right. there was a lot of rock in the room. A lot of rock back there. All the bands were there, like so. It was like really, I don't know. It was just so, so exciting. And, you know, just saying goodbye to him felt good. Like, tell him how great the show was felt right. good. You know? We had our moment with Billy. I, I, we had a, like a day with We spent we the had day, a day with, with him. Billy. It's like I felt like we spent the whole day with him because we, ha- we went, we're like all day, you know, kind of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. We've been thinking about it for two days. Right. I haven't been able to eat or sleep for two days. No. And I'm like, Freaking out, and my leg is uh, um, swelling from edema because I put. I planned out my outfit too much. You only plan out what you're going to wear too much, and then mm-hmm. actually it's the wrong thing, and then yeah. you cut off your circulation. <laughs> I don't know if you do that. That's what I do. Oh, I don't wear such lovely boots, but I definitely know what you're talking about. Yeah, when I I kept trying to like cut off my circulation, mm. like with my own nerves and 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 fear. Right, so, and the wrong socks. And the wrong socks. It was the wrong, 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 wrong socks. But, you know, I figured it out. It was okay. And, um, you know, we went outside. We talked to Kim Churchill, excellent, excellent oh, musician. Wasn't he great? Opening performer, 22 years old, great musician, folk musician, sort of folk, but also very, he's his own thing. I, I, I couldn't even tell you a, a, um, a, a label on that because no. he was so amazing. Mm-hmm. And he he was actually sound checking while we were talking to Billy at mm-hmm. one point. And you and I both talked about this. We thought there were six blokes on stage out right. there making right. the a gigantic amount of noise yeah. and sound. And we find out it's one guy. Yeah. With a guitar, a harmonica, 
some pedals and a bass drum. Yeah. And oh my God, did he rock that room. He rocked it so hard and it was so crazy. And he was such a nice kid also. And so Kim Churchill is somebody to watch because yeah. people people are really going to know he's going to be a huge, huge, huge star. Um, but we, uh, we had a rock, rock, rock day. And um, I am so tired, I can't believe it. But we can, we can like now go to bed and be really happy that we... I know. You know, we did something good. Well, let, let me give you this one little thing to, to dream upon. Yes. With this one little moment for you. That microphone you're, you're holding right now? Yeah. That's the microphone Billy Bragg spoke into today. <laughs> I'm fucking never washing this microphone ever again. Okay, first of all, honey. <laughs> We have been the Monsters of Talk. You can tweet us at Monsters of Talk. Hey, you can tweet us anything you want. If you want to be a sort of a, what, a guest or whatever, you got to come on here. You want to be a guest like Billy Bragg? Well, why don't you go ahead? Because you can tweet us and we will have you on. I'm totally fucking serious. Yeah. Um, you can tweet me at Margaret Cho. Where can they tweet you? At Jimmy Shelter. And you can listen to us on iTunes. You can actually subscribe to us on iTunes, which I would suggest you do. You can listen to us on SoundCloud.com. We are the Monsters of Talk. We are a podcast. We are on every Monday at nine a.m. or so. Um, but we're 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 regular bitches. Mm. You know, we're, our shit comes down regular. Yes, and and it comes down regular on Monday. And um, we will talk to you next time. Thank you.